Hi, my name is Roy Bentonkoff, and today I'll be talking about the history of drones and how they got here today. It's a foggy October morning in Washington, D.C. Jeremy took his daily journey to work, the same as always. The crunch of his freshly polished black loafer shoes on the frostbitten grass was the only sound one could hear. He wore a three-piece suit complete with a white dress shirt that has a ketchup stain on it, black trousers with a mustard stain from the hot dog he had for lunch a couple days before, and a spotless black sports coat that was given to him by one of his favorite coworkers who had recently retired. Today was meant to be the same as every other day. He would go to his office, and from the safety of a computer screen, he would fly a surveillance drone over an enemy base in order to gather information. However, today was no ordinary day for Jeremy. He got to work, and the first thing he was told was that the UAVs would be staying on the ground today. So instead, he stayed at his desk, filing out paperwork and preparing speeches for the months to come. His office was sloppy, piles of paper haphazardly strewn across a dark oak desk, a trash can overflowing with papers he'd crumpled up and thrown across the room. Jeremy decided that today was the day he would begin to organize this mess. As he sifted through the papers and speeches which began to look more like history homework than actual official government documents, he resented his position in the Air Force. His problem seemed so small compared to those overseas. He begins to wonder what is going on over there without their spy drones to take the fire instead of actual pilots. What must their plans be? Arabian rebel pilots flew over an enemy base on an unusually hot October day. The sounds of gunfire echo from the distance as they land. They've been told that the usual American drone fleet has been grounded for repairs. It's been a while since Omar had flown reconnaissance, but he was anything but a rusty flyer. He wore a dusty leather cap, desert camel cargo pants, and combat boots, and a white t-shirt covered in sand and dirt as well as oil from repairing planes, all underneath of his rebel-issued flyer jacket. He had fought in and won dozens of battles over his 12 years as a pilot and had since then been tasked with leading an elite air task force that specializes in taking out targets. However, the reason he would be tasked with something as meaningless as gathering information was beyond him. This was work for the Americans. They just loved throwing their fancy robotics into the fray. It seemed that they had an infinite supply of money. Omar hated these recon missions. Rather than risk his entire air force, he decided to fly alone. He was instructed to take three passing flights and record video of everything that he saw. It wasn't long before his first two passes were over and he was beginning his third and final round. This was just too easy. It isn't often that Omar gets a shot, not, doesn't get shot at during one of his missions. He was just finishing up his final round when he saw something in the distance, a small village that hadn't done scans of yet. He veered off of his scheduled path to investigate. As he got closer, he noticed that this was no small village. It was a fully armed military camp, and it wasn't theirs. It wasn't long before shots began to fling up into the hot, high into the cloudless sky. He tried radioing for backup, but it was too late. Even with his decades of expertise, the shot managed to clip his left wing. He was going down hard. He said his final goodbyes into the radio, and as the ground was approaching ever faster, he closed his eyes and embraced the darkness. It was in his final moments that Omar understood the purpose of a drone. <laughs> Back in D.C., Jeremy gets word of what had happened and is in a rage. He finally, His finally clean and organized office is now trashed. Papers skewed across the floor, pens scattered across his desk, his chair flipped over, as is his keyboard. He's told that the Arabian rebel's pi top pilot was killed doing his job. That should have been a drone getting shot down. And to top it all off, the pilot was told that they were under repairs. Eventually, he cooled off and sat down at his desk. He called the general that was stationed at the base to ask if drones really were under repairs. Some kind of issue with the camera? 
he wasn't really listening. He thanked the general and proceeded to hang up the phone. This was unbelievable. Jeremy was hindered by the thought of that pilot long after just that day. Had drones never been introduced, both of these people's lives would be very different. Omar may never have wanted to fly recon alone, and Jeremy would have be a high school teacher or something. Starting in 1849, when Australia used hot air balloons loaded with bombs to attack an enemy base without using any troops, unmanned aerial vehicles have been the topic of conversation when it comes to aerial combat. Since then, countless advancements have been made to allow for an almost unmanned air force. In 1982, Israel was able to take down an entire Syrian fleet with UAVs with minimal losses to their own men. Many countries have gained access to UAVs since then. In 2008, Britain acquired their first armed UAVs to be used in the Middle East. But don't be fooled, many countries have been looking for less violent methods of using drones. In 2006, the first companies were given commercial license to sell drones on the open market. And in 2019, one of the US's main armed drones, the MQ-1 Predator, was retired. Drones are everywhere, and they will continue to grow for the rest of time.